Welcome back to another wonderful episode of The Well House Exorcism. Today we are here, myself, Shanna, with... PJ. And our special guest... Uh, Kyle Thatcher. Yes. Long-time just... listener, first-time guest. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. I love it. Were you the first person to like our page? He's that weird guy that sent us fan mail. Oh, and yeah. the fan art... Oh, that was, yeah. yeah the, you... the, the candy wrapper that looked like the demon. Oh, yeah. Was... If, if you could tone it down on the fan art, we'd really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. I, I, thought, I thought it would be a good idea if we turned Shannon into the, the girl from Ringu <laughs> and had her climbing out of the well. Dude, I would totally do that. My hair is blonde. And I can't contort that way. I would love to, though. Uh, like the grunge, and they get like em- the exorcism of Emily Rose when they have that, mm-hmm. and she like can do all the cool contortions. I wish I could do that. Yeah, when you found when you find out like behind the scenes that here she like did all that stuff herself. Yeah. yeah, and they kept her in those positions for like a long friggin' time. Yeah. No, I'm too boring. But anyway, Kyle is our brother-in-law, so welcome. Apparently, he got jealous because we had Dan tell his stories, and Kyle's like, I got some stories, so here he is. Just like that. Just like that. I just I I just spilled my guts to PJ the one day. Yep. You know, just talking about stuff and... with a tear in his eye. Please let me on. You've had Laura and Ray, and you've had Dan. No, I'm kidding. We're happy to have you. And you're from Easton, which is Pennsylvania, which is exactly what I want. Not cryptid garbage. Yeah. The the Lehigh Valley, Easton, which you know some people call uh, West Phillipsburg, or Lehigh Valley, which they call Western New Jersey. But it's it is Pennsylvania. It's on this side of the Delaware. I like how it's Easton, but you guys call it West something like that. That's logical. That's fine. So I only know one story from your area, which I had heard um, briefly when PJ and I went for Baby Moon down in Easton. We found a really nice package online back when they did those really nice um, Baby Moon packages. And where what hotel were we staying at? I have no idea. It was a nice one though, and. They um, had some cool local stories there, and we got a nice couples massage. Well, I got a baby massage, but whatever. Um, and we explored the town. And we got a $50 gift card to this restaurant that covered, like, <laughs> one dish. <laughs> it was the worst restaurant. It was good food, but, oh, man, like, it was one of those places where, like, it had a huge plate and, like, a teeny tiny portion. Yeah, and, yeah. E- Easton's becoming known for that. Easton's becoming the <laughs> the... Like everybody has their thing. Like Allentown has become more of like the commercial, business, industrial type yep. area. Bethlehem is like the historic, artsy stuff, and Easton has had to like remake itself, it, like with food. He has that. Like, All the restaurants are there, and cuisine art kind of idea. No, I. <laughs> it was interesting. Um, was it, it had like a seafood name, didn't it? Yeah, it did. But um, we didn't order seafood. No. And we got like. Oh, I think one of our appetizers, or maybe one of the sides to our, no jokes, our filet mignon was tater tots. Yeah. <laughs> but they were fancy, big tater tots. It was five tots. big tater tots. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all like chemical gastronomists down there now. And... I left there, st- I mean, I'm pregnant at the time with Sophie, so I left still hungry. And I was like, well, let's go to a Wawa's. And we got food at Wawa's afterward. 
Um, but we were there, back to the whole thing. Um, I had heard the story about what Getter's Island was. And so I thought I would open up tonight with Getter's Island, um, which is a story from Easton. And it's known throughout the world. Um, or at least for all the paranormal people out there, they know all about Getter's Island. And then you can tell us all of your cool stories. Okay. Because you were a naughty boy back in the day, were you not? You um, yeah, yeah. There was a there was a time when um, it wasn't it was never like official, but I probably you know could have fashioned myself as a um, a spiritualist. You know, we we Get played those Ouija boards played around out. a lot with uh, Ouija boards and you know trying to contact spirits and. But yeah, we some crazy stuff came out of that, and then you know some of my most interesting stuff uh, was even like after that. You have a story from our house actually, which we have never discussed on the podcast. Yeah. Yep. So we have to hear that one too. Another reason why why we wanted yeah, you we on wanted here. to have your story anyway. Yeah. So the plan was always to have you on, but now we get even more. Yeah. Which is exciting. And this I, is a special two hour episode. Oh, it's, oh <laughs> I, I have work tomorrow. <laughs> PJ's leaving early, so I have to get up extra early, which is going to kill me anyway. So I, it's kind of funny, um, just for our listeners, I had already done research, because that's what I do, not using a microfiche, just to go back with that garbage. Um, and <laughs> you come in with a really nice book, which is funny, because it's the exact book that every website that I was going on to was suggesting I get and read. And I already have one of these books for our area. It's Ghost of Pennsylvania, and I love it. Except for the fact that they spell Edgar Allan Poe's name wrong, which makes me upset. Um, but this is the book that they were actually um, suggesting because it has the full story of Getter's Island or Hangman's Island, which is what they call it in here. Yeah. So what do you know about this island? Because you're from the area. Um, well, Getter's Island. Pop um, quiz. Pop quiz, yeah. yeah no the, no the, pressure. The official name of the island is Sand Island. That's a it, boring name. Yeah, it's, it's uh, more like just a sandbar. Um, and it sits in um, an area right where um, it, it's not it's not right in where the Delaware meets uh, the Lehigh and everything, but it, it's like when you're getting close to that. And I think there are uh, a couple of smaller tributaries that come in in the area where the island is. Well, you can kayak around it. So. Yeah, yeah, you yeah you can easily uh, go around it. Um, but yeah, I mean I I've never been there. Um, I don't know much else about it other than the story. Um, but it became known as Getter's Island because of the famous murder case where Getter, um, and I don't even remember his first name. Oh, I name. got it. I'm just quizzing you before I tell the real story. <laughs> but oh, yeah, let's see what you get wrong. No, where <laughs> uh, Getter murdered his wife um, because he thought that she was cheating, having affairs, and he was also a drunk, a horrible drunk and a wife abuser anyway. And he murdered his wife, and uh, supposedly at the time it was one of the largest trials in Northampton County. And Easton is where the Northampton County seat is. So that's where, you know, all of the big high-profile stuff kind of funnels into Easton to the county seat. That's where, like, the county prison is. You know, you can drive downtown and go right past the prison. And Getter was convicted of the murder, and... At that time, they used to have the executions in the center circle mm -hmm. in Easton. And some people call it center square. It is a circle. Um, and the problem with that was it was such a high-profile case, they were actually afraid that there was going to be too many people 
that there would be a kind of a mob mentality that he may not even make it to the scaffold because people were so incensed by uh, the crime. Well, and there is actually discussion, too, in my research that they didn't want to even give him that easy of a death because they were so angry. So to go back, um, just for our listeners who aren't from the area, um, the story goes that he um, was in love with a person named Mary, but he was also hanging out with Margaret on the side. And he got Margaret pregnant, and he was just about to become engaged to Mary, who was a much better choice and would look look better for him to marry. So um, when everyone found out that he had gotten Margaret pregnant, they forced him into marrying her. He wasn't happy about it because he had a different choice. But again, that was his baby, and he was running two ladies. So, um, But he was like heard throughout the time, day, days before she passed away, that he was going to take care of business. He didn't want to deal with her anymore. He couldn't stand her. And so one of the side stories is he had thought she was cheating on him, but the truth is she was pregnant with his kid and she was happy to be married to him because it gave, you know, a plausible father to her baby. But he killed her in cold blood so he could then marry Mary, which is horrifying. And they found her strang- like strangled, right? Like in the bushes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, he, he, yeah he strangled her to death. Um, and it was after, uh, supposedly after she had returned, um, she had lots of friends um in the area, I actually, the area where I grew up is actually the area where they lived. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, back in the day, Palmer Township, it's a suburb of Easton, but Palmer Township back then was known as Sipesville because uh, Sipe had the biggest farm in the area and the Sipe house is still there. Uh, it's got like a historical marker. It's made of uh, stone. And um, that's actually supposedly... Um, one of the houses she had friends down in that area where a few of these houses were located that she would go and visit. Well, didn't Charles get her tell her to go visit some friends, like to get out of the house, like that was part of it? To yeah, and supposedly there was there was a guy though that would come around and and visit like during. So there was a, a side story because yeah. that wasn't mentioned like in my research, but there was like a side comment that people thought maybe she was cheating on him. But the truth is he was dating someone else too. So it's a whole, yeah, there, there was, was a guy a that hot su- mess. supposedly may have been sweet. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting conversations and pockets being touched there. I guess there was a guy who may have been sweet on her. Um, but at least according to the people involved that there, there wasn't actually anything happening between the two of them. Um, it's just, it was kind of obvious she was, you know, in a situation that wasn't great because Getter was, you know, the or, father. he okay. was already being kind of abusive to her mm-hmm. and, and things. And here was this other guy who would have been like a much Perfect. better guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the site house was right there near my house, like literally like a five minute walk. Um, and actually the, the bar that I used to hang out at was, was there whoa, at the whoa, time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is PG-13, <laughs> the apple juice factory. You know I mean? <laughs> there's a, there's a, a bar a couple, just a, a couple blocks down from the site house called the 1818. And that building was actually, we're not sure what it was at the time, maybe an inn of some yeah. sort. But that it was, was actually. It was a place to trade over horses. That was actually there at the time. And supposedly where the where Getter's house was is actually where the Northampton County Country Club is located now. Oh, cool. Which is only about a five-minute drive uh, down, um, what's the, Greenwood Street. Hmm. You're mentioning all these roads, and I'm like, uh-huh. I know where a Wawa's is in Easton. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't. I remember being. Oh, there. actually, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't that, know where it is. You can get to it if you go down Greenwood, but it's actually I think it's like officially called like Country Club Road. You have to go down like another block. And oh, I refuse to go down Country Club Road. But I mean, it there. would be it would be like a <laughs> like by carriage if you were yeah. living back then. By carriage, it probably would have been maybe a twenty minute to a half hour carriage ride. And you mentioned, like, at the time period, it was a huge uh, story, a huge case, because he was someone who was kind of forced into marriage. Now she was happy to have a father for the child because Charles was the father. Um, but, you know, he kills her in cold blood, which means he kills her and the unborn child. Um, so everyone's up in arms over it. And they didn't want to give him that general hangman's death because it's too fast and easy. And so, so one of the stories I had researched was they wanted to take him on the island and hang him the old-fashioned way where you tie a noose around him and you hook it over a tree and you pull the rope that way. So you pull him up off the ground and you die a longer, horrible death. And the first time they did it, the rope broke. Yeah. So he didn't die the first time and he actually made fun of them for it. And then, of course, second time was more successful. But there were like, what, thousands of people there watching him die, Yeah, right? that, and that was that was part of, um, uh, because of the mass of people that were going to show up, the, the island presented a good opportunity because people could line either side of the... Um, it's basically it's it's not quite the yeah it's not quite the delaware it's like part of a creek and um they could line both sides of the creek they actually had to build a pontoon bridge with boats to get him over there and so people were watching from the shoreline and yeah when the rope broke supposedly he did taunt them and then next kind of shows the kind of person he is (laughs) (laughs) i mean if you're gonna choke your wife to death who's pregnant with your unborn child you're already a monster and so somebody who lived nearby like had a heavier gauge rope and they just rode home real quick and grabbed it and came back and they now, did it he again. He was the last person hanged in Pennsylvania, right? That was the last hanging we had? That I don't know. I think that was one of my research things, but I feel like that was the last um, hanging in Pennsylvania. Hmm. But I know that because you were this, you said Easton was like the seat of your county. Like that was where a lot of the hangings happened. Oh yeah. Yeah. My biggest complaint though, is when I was doing this research, everyone kept saying the word hung and you hang a picture, so it's hung on the wall, but you hanged a human. I just want yeah. to put that out there. As an English teacher, it's important. Yeah. Use your grammar correctly. Yeah, so it, he was the last person who was hanged. That was that was it. Huh. Because we um, tend to be, like in Pennsylvania, because of the Quaker background to us, we tend to, like, you know, help want to use penitentiaries instead yeah. of, you know, killing people. But anyway, I'm glad you brought the book because I just think that holding a book is just so much more... I don't know, like research-based and websites <laughs> that I found online because I'm not going to go into a microfiche. But um, I did uh, want to kind of mention a couple of paragraphs. In, and this is book is The Ghost Stories of the Lehigh Valley by Charles Adams III and David Siebold, which, again, fantastic book. I don't have the copy, but I remember, like, seeing it in the past, and I'm so glad you gave it to me. Um, it says, All who knew the getters knew that all was not well. The marriage was forced by Margaret's pregnancy, and for the approximately 30 stormy days they were married, Charles Getter was brutal and on more than one occasion made it clear to witnesses that someday he would get her and the unwanted child out of his life forever. And so I can imagine, like, you know, you want to get married to have a father for the baby because that was the time period you couldn't be an unwed mother. But being forced into a marriage where, like, this guy is abusive to you and threatening to kill you, and it's only a month before he kills you. Like, that's just horrifying. Yeah. yeah. And if there was, I mean, I could imagine another guy being around who is better. Like, anybody, I think, would have been better <laughs> than this guy. Yeah, the, the general agreement seems to have been that Charles Getter was, 
he, it was known that he was kind of a piece of crap. Yeah. And he was hanged on October 4th. Oh, hey, look, there's the fl- uh, flotilla of small boats. Look at you. You're so smart. Oh, yeah. And Getter doubtless he smirked inside the black hood, which covers face when, of course, the uh, rope did not work. And then he, of course, defied the hangman. I did mention, though, that the reason we were talking about this as a ghost story is the ghostly part of it afterward. There are two ghosts that are said to be, like, you know, haunting the area because of it. You, uh, it says an old tale in Easton has it that if you look upon the island and ask Getter to explain why he murdered his wife, the voice of his spirit will echo a mysterious answer. Moreover, poor Margaret Getter's ghost supposedly remains earthbound and can be seen in the vicinity of the Northampton County Country Club along the William Penn Highway. She's said to be dressed in a long black dress and a black bonnet. Her eyes are fixed in an internal stare. If approached and spoken to, she will not reply. She'll brush by, leaving an icy chill on her wake and vanish. And they say, too, that um, he is seen in white, right? He's like a, a ghostly white apparition some people see on the island. And she's in black. Yeah, she's think. always in black in the bonnet near the country club, but he is always attached to the island and uh, is like a white kind yeah, of I spirit. Haven't, I haven't heard any descriptions of him. I've only heard the descriptions of, of her. Um, and supposedly there have been uh, enough people that have seen her uh, ghost at the country club that it, it's it's kind of a known thing. A lot of, um, from what I understand, a lot of the employees have reported having spotted her at some point or another. No, is there a reason why at the country club? Is that where her house had been? That's or? where Getter's house. Okay. Uh, okay. It's somewhere, somewhere on those grounds. I don't think anybody is sure anymore because they tore it down right after they executed him. Yes, as the ghost of Charles Getter has been seen walking the island named for him, where his life was slowly choked from him. And that's from the other article I printed. Yeah. If you, if you look up the island now, it'll still say Sand Island. Yeah. Well, it was for sale. Yeah, I, I looked it up in 2016? Se- or 17, No, yeah. 15. Sure. Uh, it was for sale uh, for $150,000. And then just last year in September, it sold for $200,000. Oh, wow. Or was it was it for sale? Did it actually get bought? Because it was for sale. I would assume so. It's, I don't think it's I, listed they anymore. They the price. I know it's frequented by fishermen, so that may be a reason why somebody wanted it for... For use in that makes sense. I swear from. to God, if Zach Baggins buys this island, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> he cannot come any closer. I'm done with him. The the funny part is, as Sand Island, it's actually um, I have um, an illustrated history of Easton, which is from like way back. It was probably from the late 1800s. It's at my parents' house still, but um, my dad let me have it. One of our ancestors was one of the judges that was like the county judge oh, wow. and uh, judge Myers and um, that was his book he had the illustrated history of Easton and they talk about the island in there and mention Sand Island and they give all the old place names of everything you know like uh, there's a hill called Mount Olympus and all this Ooh. kind of stuff that most people did don't know did Zeus anymore. come down and hang out <laughs> I don't trust him <laughs> Mount Olympus that's what um, John Eves the founder of Millville was like he was walked up onto it Legend to look it. over, yeah. yeah, and he was like, they offered him like the whole Lehigh Valley, yeah. and he's like, no, <laughs> I don't yeah. need that much land. Good Quaker, he's like, oh, wow, <laughs> hold on, that's too much, too much. I just love that, like that's the background of Pennsylvanians, but we can be so <laughs> spicy about certain things, <laughs> but then other things were so laid back, like, oh no, no, that's too much, that's too much. But even like you mentioned in that book when I was reading, it said, you know, the William Penn Highway again, like a lot of our our roads and stuff are named after our original Quaker heritage. 
Or then you have the crazy names from the Native Americans, like the Susquehanna River. Lehigh is pretty easier. Then you have Bushkill, and you have uh, you have Shemokin, Tunkanic, yeah. If you're not from the area, you're kind of like, how do you pronounce this word? (laughs) (laughs) Tamakwa? I love when people try to pronounce the words around us. (laughs) Anyway. All right, so that's my little prelude into Easton. So now we are here to hear your stories, Kyle. So my question is, do you want to start with Easton or tell your story from this house first as that connection then move into other stories? Um, I guess I guess I'll start at the beginning. I would like to start with, um, have you always been a believer in this kind of stuff? Or were you like a skeptic at first? Or like did something shift you one way or the other? I've always been... Um... I, I, I tend not to, to look like I am. I, I tend to kind of come off fairly square. Um, but I've always been interested in paranormal, supernatural. Um, Halloween was always my favorite holiday. Um, but I would say that I am a skeptical believer. Like, I, I'm I'm very much in the Fox Mulder camp. I want <laughs> to believe. Mm-hmm. I want to believe, but I have to see it. Like I have yeah. to, there has to be some kind of evidence, but I used to love collecting. I, I used to love collecting stories. You know, when I was a kid, like my family was full of stories of hauntings and things happening. I had great aunts that had haunted houses and crazy stuff happen, but it really started um, my grandmother. Like she, she would never sit there and tell you she was psychic. Never. My grandmother would do that, actually. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> and she made her own cards back when Hills was Hills, or even before that. They had that, like, the printer you could make your own cards on, the little, you know, the little business cards. She made psychic readings, a little rose on it with her name and address and phone number. Yeah, so maybe not you, but my grandmother. Oh, yeah. But but my grandmother, <laughs> she... did tarot she... readings as well. <laughs> well, she... It wasn't, it wasn't anything... Uh, she had a definite kind of connection to spirit. She had, she saw lots of things. She experienced lots of things in her own home. And, and from what I'm told, I saw many things in the house because she babysat me uh, quite often when I was a child. So she would talk about uh, the closet door in the living room opening and the smell of my grandfather filling the room. This was after he passed. I had apparently reported seeing my grandfather sitting in his chair still. She, they told me one story about um, she would always give me a bath every day before my mother would come to pick me up. I, it was time for the bath. I was supposed to go in and have my bath, and I refused to go. And apparently that was not like me. Apparently going to take my bath and get ready and get in my pajamas and stuff for my mom to pick me up after work was like my favorite time of the day. And so I was refusing, and that like my grandmother apparently was like, what's going on? You know, something's wrong. What's up with you? Why don't you want to go have a bath? And I turned and uh, supposedly looked at her and said, I'm not going in there until that man leaves the hallway. I don't like that man. Oh, wow. And that's the hallway where her linen closet was, which is the closet where every once in a while she would open the door and there would be a rotten egg smell, which hmm. normally it smelled wonderful. Her linens always smelled she probably had the sash that's in there of like amazing. You know, well, she used like the old downy yeah. like you know soap and stuff, and so it always smelled amazing. And she said she would open it up every so often. There'd be rotten eggs. So that kind of set the stage a little bit for me. Like I supposedly saw mm-hmm. these things, but I don't have memory of any of that. 
but she would wake up mornings and all the wax fruit would be lined up on her kitchen table or all the cabinet doors would be open. Bite would be taken out of it. About the wax <laughs> is stupid and spit out somewhere. <laughs> but she, she saw, for the most part, except for the weird smell, and uh, she saw most of it as my grandfather saying hello. That was his way of, you know, because he and I used to play hide and seek behind the wax fruit when we would sit at the kitchen table. So that was, uh, for her, that was a symbol, a signal to say, you know, hi, Mary, and I'm here. That kind of was the beginning of that. Like I said, I don't have any memory of it, but I was told that, you know, later on. And I heard all these different stories from different family members growing up where I started to kind of get into ghosts and things like that um, was much later uh, when I got into high school. What year was that? That would have been... I don't know how old Kyle is, that's all. (laughs) It would have have been... I graduated high school in 97. Oh, that's cute. And I really didn't... I was 10. So this would have... (laughs) (laughs) PJ was too, fun fact. All right, so I I was a choir boy. I was in choir, and that sophomore year I met... uh, a guy who's now my longtime friend, Austin. Um, Austin was the one who inspired me to ask Jenny, PJ's sister, out. You know, now we're married. Gross. <laughs> Did I ever teach you the sign language for vomit? Oh, there it is. So, love <laughs> and, isn't real. And uh, he asked me Hi, at, the, at the end of that, <laughs> at the end of that sophomore year, he asked me if I wanted to hang out that summer, and I said sure. And so we started hanging out, became best of friends. And Austin, um, during that time period, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't now, by kind of by choice. Um, that's a like a private story that I won't go into. But by choice, he he doesn't see things anymore. But at that time, and, and I found this out, it unraveled, it unfolded as we were friends. Stories of him seeing things and experiencing things came out. So he sees dead people. Yes, he he definitely did. Um, saw saw, and and he would see them as if they were real people. There were times when he did not know they were a ghost. So he did that's, see dead people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Uh, no, yeah. thank you. He, um, like, just to give you a, a little bit of uh, flavor on that, uh, we took a trip to the shore, the Jersey Shore, to visit a friend. They had a rented house that their family would rent every summer. We came back from the beach. Austin is upstairs changing into a swim, uh, out of a swimsuit into dry clothes, and he comes downstairs and he goes to our friend whose family rents the house and says, where's that older woman? I want to apologize to her. I didn't know if there was a lock on the door or not. And she says to Austin, our friend says to Austin, what are you talking about? And he says, I was up there changing and this older woman opened the door as I'm naked (laughs) so she saw everything oh she got a little peep show and he's like and she says to me oh i'm so sorry i thought you were my son and she quickly closes the door again and he's like i just want to apologize to her because i didn't know how to lock the door and she says there is no older woman here i don't know what you're talking about and he describes the woman that he saw and our friend says that's the woman that we rent the house from who passed away last year. We rented it this year from her son. Oh. And he goes, that's who she thought I was. 
And That's what she says, but maybe she's a cougar, even in the afterlife. Possibly. possibly. <laughs> Austin was getting a little girl. That's why out. she opened the door. So that's to give you an idea. Like, that's how real he would see things sometimes. Um, That's not cool, though. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, living a life and, like, oh, hey, how's it going? Just questioning everything you're seeing. What's real? Yeah. 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 So so the interest in ghosts and spirits and things like that kind of filtered into conversations now and again. And because I had the Ouija board, a Parker Brothers Ouija board, because you know, you're a naughty boy. We decided, like, hey, we're bored one day or, you know, at a party or something at a friend's house. Like, let's get the Ouija board out and do this. It's one of those things where we were teenagers. We were kids. Stupid stuff happened, you know, stuff, you know, meaningless things. But every once in a while, we would have one of those experiences that was really weird. New, like, not explainable. Right. Was the planchette moving or something on its own? or? Well, like, one of our experiences would be the closest I I would say that I've come to something like truly negative. Is we, this the pool story? Uh, the we, we were at a friend's yes, house and we were out I by the pool. I know this story. It's the only one I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping you would tell this one. Yeah. We, um, we went to, uh, I'll just use her first name, Becky. We went to our friend Becky's house uh, just having a little party. And kind of half of the party wanted to go off and like, watch a movie and like it was like a lot of like the couples like they wanted to go watch a movie and like neck you know in in he said the word neck oh it's so cute (laughs) in the (laughs) in the den at becky's house and the rest of us decided we're gonna have this seance out on her back patio like which is right by her above ground if we can't make out with girls we're gonna get with some spiritual (laughs) guns i don't know how that works right (laughs) part of what i was telling pj was um I, I I have a, a, a theory. It's a completely unfounded theory. If I did see ghosts when I was a kid, if I had that capability like my grandmother did, I think at some point I walled myself off. I like I like made the conscious decision some at some point during my growing up that I was no longer going to I didn't want to see this stuff anymore. Hanging out with Austin and using the Ouija board and doing these things, I did notice that I have a bit of a radar. Well, and it kind of maybe it's like that connection to our last podcast when we were talking the idea of like, you know, priming yourself for it too. Maybe you're more aware of just like, you know, the energy around you. Yeah, you you might be on on alert, yeah. you know. When we would be doing these things or hanging out in a place, it's a feeling like the best way I can describe it is static electricity, but Uh, Or, you know, when people like when they watch a scary movie or they hear a creepy story and they get the, you know, the hair raising feeling or goosebumpy feeling or whatever, it's a static electricity. But for me, it doesn't go away. It's not a momentary, oh, I get the chills and then it's gone. It stays. It lingers. And it's sometimes directional. In the case of this night at Becky's, it was very directional. It was, I kind of, everybody else was around the board, you know, doing the, you know, asking questions or whatever. And I don't even remember how great the conversation <laughs> was that we were supposed Do to be. Do you like purple? Yes. Okay. <laughs> because that, that skeptic believer part, you know, sensibility, I'm willing to accept that some of, some of this has to be subconscious. Some of it could be somebody screwing around. Yep. You know, some of this is total crap. As we were doing it, I kind of stepped away from everybody else and stepped off of the patio onto 
like kind of a deck piece, a lower deck piece that led up to their pool deck. And when I did that, I had the immediate sense of being observed of, and not like, not like just, oh, you're sitting in a room and somebody is in the doorway and you kind of feel that like there's somebody looking at you, they're there. It was as if, and I don't know if anybody can, can kind of get in tune with this feeling. It was like a mountain lion, a bear, a wolf. Well, and that's like it was say, a predator. They say like mm-hmm. that's part of it. Like if you ha- if you notice that energy, like you're mentioning, it's your primeval awareness. Like you have that gut instinct for a reason. And there's so much research right now that's happening that a lot of our decisions don't actually come from our brain. It comes from our gut, but we recognize it as being an idea from our brain because our brain recognizes it. But it initially comes from the gut, and so gut health is actually more important than you know like taking vitamins. It's like what are you eating because it's gonna help make better decisions. There's like a lot of currently founded research in that. Yeah. So that was really your primeval, in, like that primeval awareness kicking in. Yeah, Just like was... when I was down here in the basement and that thing was, you know, in front of me and I couldn't move. Like you recognize that you are like in the target of something that's going to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was definite predatory feeling mm-hmm. like intent, like there was an intention behind its observation. And, but again, skeptical believer i could just <laughs> maybe be, there was a mountain lion <laughs> i could just, i could just be freaking myself out yeah so initially i'm i just stayed quiet and i'm staring at the direction that i'm getting the feeling from trying to see if in the darkness over next to this pool if i can see something there you know maybe it's mm-hmm. an animal maybe it's you know maybe we're in danger you know and i'm not seeing anything but i'm getting this feeling and then as i zero in on it like physically with my eyes and mentally trying to like kind of reach out like I you know I don't know how to do this <laughs> yeah. stuff I'm not I don't <laughs> posit myself as any way in any way psychic I'm trying to like reach out to like I like see if I can center on it and when I do that it moves I get the feeling from like 90 degrees to my right and I turn my head and the feeling is there palpable and every time I try to get a position on it, it moves again, and I feel it from somewhere else. So again, I'm st- I have not said anything. I say to one of my other friends who was there, I say to him, I don't say what I'm feeling. I don't describe it. I say his name was Jay. I say, Jay, come here a second. And he just gets up. He's like, what, man? What's up? You know. And he walks out, and he steps off of the patio onto the deck and he says out loud whoa and i mm. said you feel it and he goes what the f is that dude and he goes and why does it keep moving like he totally and he had no background of anything paranormal Isn't it so vindicating though to be like you're i'm not crazy someone else is witnessing it that is just without me. any prompting yeah it's too. so vindicating like the moment that our 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 bedroom was like destroyed it was sad because we liked the things that were destroyed <laughs> but it's like yes you see it too <laughs> yeah yeah he he had no background of paranormal type anything that i know of you know um, no vibes or anything. He j- and he just immediately was like right there with me, and I would say like, I would say, where do you think it is? 
and he'd be like, it's, I think it's like right, and he's like whispering. He's like, I think it's like right over here. I think I can hear you, And I'd say, okay, (laughs) we're both going to look at it. And I said, and then I want you to tell me where you think it moved to. And so we both look in the direction that we feel it coming from, and it moves. And let's say it moves, you know, to the same like 90 degree, you know, wherever. I said, just point. And he points. And I go, that's exactly where it is. That's exactly where it's coming from. Like he felt everything that I was feeling at the same time. So we're both now away from the group on this deck experiencing this. So what's everyone else doing at this time? Yeah. Well, as... Necking. So... <laughs> <laughs> the Ouija board they're, was they're, done. They're making out with the Ouija board. <laughs> Whenever I hear necking, I think of like giraffes like rubbing necking. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, and, and by the way, I'm totally comfortable with Ouija board because I used to be the pretentious like fool who was like, it's a Ouija. <laughs> yeah, I used to be that guy at one point in time. Um, I need to leave now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so as we're experiencing this, the we are also aware that the conversation on the Ouija board has changed. That the now the people that are using it, there's I think there was only like three or four people using it. And it started doing rapid circles around the board. And as they're asking questions, it is spelling out. And I can say I have never seen any fake or quote-unquote real use of a Ouija board where it spelled out distinct words as fast as this did. Like people were having trouble keeping their fingers on it. Oh, wow. We asked it, we said, we kind of then alerted everybody as it's like, like getting agitated, obviously. We're like, hey, we're feeling something out here, guys. And what, uh, ask it, like, what is this? Is this, are we, are we experiencing them, the ghost, the spirit? And boom, immediately goes to no. And we're like, okay, well, what is this? It's a bear. Bear's bear. <laughs> it spells out rapid fire, big, B-I-G, circles, B-A-D, bad. Big bear. E- <laughs> <laughs> big bear chase. Big bear chase me. E-V-I-L, right? It's, let, it's whoever the spirit was on the board is trying to let us know, like, you guys are, like. Get straight, out of there. Like, you're Get. in danger. <laughs> yeah. You're in danger, girl. <laughs> you best run. And so the people using the board are starting to get freaked out. Like, I think one of the people started crying. Oh. So then. That's what you get for being a naughty boy. So then Austin. Or girl. Or girl. So then Austin says, okay, I want to feel this. Like, because we're describing what I and our friend Jay are experiencing. He stepped, and it was weird. It was like the patio was like a safe zone hmm. on the patio. Was it lit or something? Or it was lit, but I think it's because it's kind of where we were. I think we almost in a in a totally accidental way created a ritual space. Oh, okay. Hmm. So it's as if that patio was protected. So Austin step goes to step off the patio onto the deck where Jay and I are, and we're experiencing this stuff, and he collapses. And I have to help him up. And I said, what's going on? And he goes, it felt like I walked into like a wall of jello. Huh. 
Ew. And <laughs> gelatinous cube. <laughs> and I get him up, and then he's describing his feeling is of a, a cold wind, like as if there's a fan underneath him blowing upward. Hmm. Like he's getting this cold updraft of air. And he says to Jay and I, he goes, this is bad. This is really bad. Let's get back to the patio then. And as we're going through all this, and as the people on the board are getting freaked out, and it's still spelling out warnings and things, we, the three of us, experience it moving closer. And we all vocalize that at the same time. Like, it's moving in on us. Mm -hmm. It's trying to get closer. And finally, I just kind of freak out, and I, I kind of have enough. Like, we're getting, like, I'm getting scared. People behind us are freaking out, you know, on the patio. You know, the one, guy, he's, the one guy's like, I want to stop. I knew we shouldn't have done this. You know, like, That's what they always say in the movies. Shouldn't have done it. <laughs> and everybody inside is watching some crappy rom-com or yeah. something and has no idea Completely what's going oblivious, on outside. happy. And so I just say... In the name of Jesus Christ, and I was not a church going, I'm still not a church going person, but I do have belief. So mm-hmm. I have religious belief. And I said, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave. Get thee to a nunnery. <laughs> oh, wait, that was Shakespeare. And Sorry. The minute I said it, it didn't it didn't leave. It wasn't like poof, magically gone. But you felt like a pulling back. A reaction. You felt a reaction. It's one of those things where when I said it, I got I have Jay on my left side, and he says, "Oh crap!" He so he feels it, and I have Austin on my right, and Austin says, "Keep going. Keep doing what you're doing." Yeah, and so I begin to pray, and I begin to I think I said the Lord's prayer. I also. Uh, Ask God to send a wall of angels down to protect us and to push this, whatever this was, back. I told it, you're not wanted here. You're not welcome. You need to be gone. Go back to wherever it is you originated from. I kind of got Ray Stans a little bit. Like, go back to your, your dimension of origin, you know? That big bad bear was just wanting some honey. <laughs> and you are like, Jesus, go and get you. And the bear's just like, but I just want your picnic basket. And it kept, it kept retreating. We kept feeling it retreat until the feeling was gone. And we hear from behind us, the people, they're like, it stopped. Like the board just stopped dead. No more movement. We were able to step off of the deck then because mm-hmm. we didn't, none of us wanted to go leave this deck. We were finally able to step step off the deck at that point. We walked all the way around the yard, all the way around the pool, and there was a feeling just all of a sudden we were a bunch of kids in a summer night again. Yeah. And there was no bad feelings, no watching, no predatory anything. We went back and uh, and we're like, it's just gone, you know? And we had just a momentary just small talk about it nobody wanted to like really like you know go back over what just happened um but i do remember the last thing somebody was about to start putting the board away and and uh austin and i were both like you gotta say goodbye you gotta say goodbye (laughs) 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 make it say goodbye (laughs) 
And, um, and yeah, so that was, that was like the kind of big, uh, freaky experience, you know, and I'm sure everybody else that was in watching the movie thought we were all nuts. They're um, all watching that new movie, Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> like 97. They all came out with hickeys on their necks, like, what's going on? What's going on, bro? <laughs> and whatever was out there, PJ was just like, well, I guess they don't want to live deliciously. And it walks off all angry. <laughs> I guess I'll go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, but... Black Phillip. <laughs> oh, that movie. You've seen The Witch. I'm... Yes. So, yeah, you've seen everything. <laughs> He made me watch that. I'm like, what? What am I watching right now? And he made us watch it with Owen. So Owen and I were just like, what are we like? Owen and I are like, what is happening? What is happening? And he's like, shh, it gets better. I'm like, is it gonna get better? You know, I mean, I like the movie, but I really think that it was a, a bit of a step down as far as a remake of the movie Warlock. Well, and PJ Never said that he, he Warlock, read... Warlock starring Julian Sands. Yeah, I remember seeing, seeing it from like, like on the video. Nineteen eighty eight, I think. Yeah, I was a year old. Anyway, um, no, but you said that it was based off of complete like New England folklore, which I think mm-hmm. is cool. But I feel like, they and, like everything believed... the witch does and stuff is all stuff that they really believe. Oh yeah, making did. making the the flight grease out of like baby a fat. Baby, yeah. I'm baby. sorry. Could we not like? Why do you make me watch these movies where babies are hurt? I didn't remember that part, to be completely honest. But yeah, yeah. that was offensive to me. I told yeah, you, I, the I, movie I were... makes you leaves you feeling like weird. And they believed this. I learned yeah. about the baby fat flight grease in a Halloween book for children. Nice. As a child, and it's a book I still have. I still own that book. <laughs> wow. Um. So don't bring that one. You can keep, you always bring back the ghost stories, Lehigh Valley. This one's delightful <laughs> compared to that. Look, Katasakwa, another word that people would not be able to know how to pronounce if they weren't from this area. Oh, yeah. We have the ghost of Hawk Mountain here. I forgot about that, too. Some of like all these different things in here that I know. But, yeah, so that was that was, um, that was was probably the, the biggest experience that we had what else messing around that's wild because i do want to hear your story from our house too um well i guess the pool the pool story is good you told us that i I want to say we were still dating when you told us that story i might have i might have it's been a long time yeah i don't i don't tell i don't tell my ghost stories as much anymore and especially like at work you get looks (laughs) well, <laughs> I think you were trying to be cool back then. No, Laura's house was haunted. So we're like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. you know, here's a story for you. Because I think it was just like, well, I've, I've seen some things. <laughs> well, so I'll, I'll, I, I guess I'll, I'll briefly tell you about college because we, yep. had, we had the stuff at college and then we can talk about the, the house. Perfect. First went, off, which college did you go to? I went to Lycoming College in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Um, uh, that's where I met Jenny. Uh, we were both in the theater program. And um, I was also a member of Tau Kappa Epsilon fraternity. I'd like to say hi to all my Teak brothers who might be listening. Um, <laughs> so uh, at that time, uh, uh, Teak was uh, housed in East Hall uh, on the campus, which is at like... You're just surrounded by East and Eastons, aren't you? I know. It's the... Why couldn't you be in West Hall, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they had a West Hall. They should have. Um, but they, it's like on the one of the far corners of the campus. They it's shoved like, you in a corner. Yeah, they yeah. put they put Teak in a corner. They put Teak in a corner. <laughs> yeah, and Patrick Swayze was not coming to get us. No, he was not. <laughs> um, so I I started living there uh, actually before I was a member of the fraternity. I was like an independent who lived on the floor for a bit before I pledged, and over time, 
we started to have experiences uh, which we didn't know about until one of our brothers had the like penultimate experience. I love um, that word. Sorry, English. Good word. <laughs> Where uh, most of our experiences were like very small. We had brothers that reported um, the volume on their stereo going up and down on its own, and they could actually watch the knob turn as it went up and down. Um, they watched it? Yeah, they actually saw it happen. Brothers would have lights, you know, lamps uh, click on and off. Um, was that a clap one? No, no, unfortunately. Oh. Um, I just put the clapper? I just put a clapper in our bedroom. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were still around. <laughs> um, TV's going on and off. Um, but so my personal experience uh, with the ghost of East Hall was it's a Saturday morning. I'm sleeping in. You know, I don't even think we did anything super fun the night before. I don't think it was like a party weekend. But I'm sure we Isn't like... Isn't every weekend a party weekend well, yeah, in college? I think we hung out and probably drank beers and watched so, movies Listen, I, I literally zero times went to a party during college. Like, I never did. Because I didn't huh. live on campus. So what was it like? No, well, that's different. So it's a different time. I'll live vicariously through your stories. <laughs> but I had a, a roommate. Um, we lived in... It was kind of funny the way the, the, the place was set up. You had these two huge end rooms, which were like the where like four guys would live in each of the end rooms. And then there was one slightly larger room, like, than all the others. And that was usually, like, one of the more senior brothers who wanted, like, to have a big room but a little more privacy. He would get that room. Well, I just happened to be really good friends. Even though I was a very young brother, I happened to be really good friends with that brother. His name was Avery. Um, Avery, unfortunately, is uh, deceased now. Um, but... Avery and I lived together and had tons of fun. He was a computer science major. And we had uh, to kind of like give you an idea of the room. We had two loft beds to give ourselves more floor space. So I am on the loft at the far side of the room from like when you walk in the door, like across the room. And underneath my bed is Avery's uh, computer setup for his computer science stuff. And then Avery is on the side closest to the door, and that's where we had, like, a chair and, like, couches and stuff underneath his. So one Saturday morning, I'm waking up very slowly, and I begin to roll over. Like, I'm waking up, and I'm like, oh, my shoulder's stiff from sleeping on it. So I start to roll over to switch positions, and I plan to kind of try and go back to sleep and get a, another hour or so. As I begin to roll... I begin to get the sensation of the edge of the bed because these lofts didn't have like railings. They were like a little deep. But that's they didn't nice. Have... <laughs> yeah. So I, fe I begin to feel the edge of the bed and I'm like, my brain is scrambling to wake up now going, oh my God, you're about to roll out of this Grab bed. Grab onto something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're about to roll out of this bed. Get ready, you know? And then I feel two hands catch me like one hits my back one hits kind of down around my like lower back butt area oh they got your patootie yeah my and mind. these two hands catch me and so i stop rolling and i just assume that oh avery must be up he's down sitting at his computer underneath my bed working 
and he must have seen me start to come out of the bed and reached up and stopped me. So I say, I say, oh, thanks. Thanks, Avery. And I don't hear a reply. So, and the hands have gone away. And I don't hear a reply. And so I crane my neck over to look over my shoulder. And I see Avery laying in his loft bed across the room from me. But I know two hands stopped me from rolling out of that bed. Just wanted to get a little... A little touchy feeling, that's all. The squeeze was unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, the little, little, little tweak of the, little, the cheek. A little, little pinch, pinch A little there. tweak of the cheek there. Fresh. And so I assume you didn't go back to sleep after that. <laughs> no, no. I, I I laid there for a moment, like, not wanting to, like... Look over the side of the well, bed. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Then, yeah, then it's like, okay, well, there's only two options. Either someone else is in our room for who knows what reason while we're both asleep. Mm-hmm. Or there's, quote unquote, nobody there. Yeah. You know? And so I probably about five minutes or so went by of me just like laying there, like processing this before like I rolled over and looked and yeah. there's nobody there. And I like how like you don't want to look under your bed, but like you're in a loft bed. So <laughs> there's always yeah. something under your bed. <laughs> so... So I'd had that experience. Oh, could you imagine if you rolled over and there's like the top of some guy's face? Just like... <laughs> Kilroy is there. <laughs> I hey, know this. Like, just, and then and then you just hear, "What's up, buddy?" It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice patootie you got right there. <laughs> yeah, like, could you? Could you? Could you? You, you feeling lo- feeling lonely? <laughs> <laughs> Scooch on over. <laughs> and then you, you just say, "Oh, could you?" Could you let go? (laughs) (laughs) So, so then, uh, our one brother, um, I'll just use, uh, Chris, um, Chris has, uh, his experience. And when he has his experience, that then all of a sudden gets all the other guys to like, who have had experiences to like say something. To open up. And, because Chris's experience was wild, and he it had wasn't a, just a, a butt pat. No, oh. Chris had a room by himself that semester. Um, it just so happened we couldn't find an independent to fill the spot in the room, so he had a room all by himself. And he was also a smoker, so he had gotten his room. You were allowed to have one room on the floor designated as like the smoking room, so he had gotten his room designated as the smoking room. Um, so he told us he was in bed the one night and he had the shade pulled down part way and outside on the campus, they have all these street lamps. And so there's light coming in through the window, but it's like a slit of light and it's hitting only part of the room in a certain way. And he had only one piece of furniture like it was like spartan living he had he had, <laughs> he had a recliner and it was just so of he could of course he did it was just so he could sit in the recliner and watch and watch, watch football i and knew smoke it his i knew it right nothing else <laughs> and so the light beam of light is like uh, like a slash like hitting the re- part of the recliner and like lighting up the bottom portion of the recliner and at least for a certain segment of it. Like, you, you can't see, like, where feet would be, but you could see, like, the where the lower half, the arms of the chair, the seat. And he wakes up 
in the middle of the night and opens his eyes and he sees the lower half of a figure in that light. He can see in the light there's a person sitting in his chair. Watching football? Just sitting in the dark. Nothing else is on. It's just the the only light is from that outside street lamp. And he can see the person's, like, the the bottom of their, their torso, the tops of the legs. And he can see their hands and arms resting on the arms of the chair. And there's a cigarette in the one hand. And he watches the hand come up, and the hand disappears into the dark in the shadow caused by the, the shade. Mm-hmm. And he sees the cherry on the cigarette light up and then go dim back down. And then he sees the puff of smoke come out as they blow the smoke out. So, was his initial thought that someone get from your uh, fraternity had come into smoke because it's a designated smoking room? He thought there's somebody sitting in my room smoking while I'm sleeping. And, and he's weirded out. So he takes a second, and I think the, my best guess from what the way he told the story, he doesn't want the person to know that he's awake yet, right? So, but he's got to go past the chair and the person to get to the light switch, which is all the way on the other side of the room. His bed is all the way across from the door. Of course it is. <laughs> so Jump out the window. Easy. <laughs> Aim for the bushes. So he, like, closes his eyes and kind of, like, gears up, like, gets his courage up because he wants to, like, he, he's, like, going to fight whoever this is. And he leaps out of the bed across the room. And he had been an athlete in high mm-hmm. school. He was, he was a pretty built guy. He leaps out of the bed, flips the light on, and whips around. There's no one in the room. And still, because he does not believe in ghost-type stuff, really, he still thinks somehow they got past me. Somehow they got out of the room. And he goes to leave the room to go try and catch them in the hallway. And as he turns the knob on the door, it clicks when the lock pops. Mm-hmm. And that's when he realizes the door had been locked the whole time. And they only, they lock from the inside. And he still goes out, looks both, there's nobody in the hallway. He still went around and asked all the smokers the next day, were you in my effing room? Were you in my effing room? <laughs> nobody. It is hard, like, even when it's staring you in the face to admit what the heck you just saw. Like, it's. Especially if you're a non-believer, mm-hmm. you know, you want to, you want to, and he might've been saying, oh, I was half asleep. Maybe I just invented the whole thing. And you can be in that sleep like state where, you know, you're a little more suggestive and maybe you're seeing a shadow. So I could see him trying to, you know, downplay it in his mind initially. Yeah. yeah. So then, uh, as his story starts to circulate and other stories of weird, spooky stuff start to circulate, um, we kind of start to come to the determination we might have like a ghost on our floor. Like we might have a ghost in this dorm. He may be a smoker, but he's a good catcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and so and even that experience even even Chris had to admit his experience wasn't necessarily negative. It was scary, but it wasn't negative. I would say like scary, it's more like surprising. Yeah. Because in no way did this guy try to attack him. Right. It's just right. enjoying a smoking Still freaking a nice... scary, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just relaxing in a lazy boy smoking a cigarette. He's just trying to enjoy its evening. 
so we have at Lycoming College, we had what was called Long Weekend, and it was every October there was a three-day weekend. They'd give you the Friday off, and it was like just like a weird kind of time, like pre-holidays, and it was like to give you time if you wanted to go home. Like, I don't know what other purpose it served, but it was like this... Catch up on this, grading. It was like this long... <laughs> Probably. It was like this three-day weekend that they gave you, and they called it Long Weekend. So over Long Weekend, there was a bunch of us that either couldn't go home or didn't want to go home, and so we stuck around the floor and watched... Uh, it's October, so we stuck around the floor. We watched horror movies, and, you know, I think that... I think this was the that was the weekend that there was a fire off campus, and so we walked over and we watched this like garage burn down, and um, but that also like fun. also that that weekend being because it was October and whatnot, we got to talking about the ghost stuff, and Chris was one of the guys that was on campus for this long weekend, so we. Uh, I had my Ouija board still. Of course you did. Carded it to college. Because you're a naughty boy. And I said, Well, I have my Ouija board. Like, why don't we go to Chris's room and have a seance? And so we we go, and everybody's down with it. And I was really surprised. It doesn't work so well. Everybody was down with it. Even Chris? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's like, He's like, because he, cause he was kind of the mentality of like, yeah, I want to tell this guy, you know, what, what the heck, you know, like, I want to give him, I want to give him the heck. And so we go and we have this uh, Ouija board session. And during it, like we, because we were all pretty skeptical, like we were all pretty skeptically inclined as far as like, okay, well, how do we like make sure nobody's like moving it or any mm-hmm. of that stuff? So we kind of came up with, and I don't even remember who said it. Like, I would love to credit myself completely, but I don't remember, like, between us, we came up with this idea. Well, what if, so if this is a ghost that's been hanging around, we've all had experiences, everybody in that room had had experiences with this ghost. What if we ask the ghost a question that if the ghost is around all the time, only we would know it and only the ghost would know it, and when we ask our question, we take our hands off the board and we don't touch anything. So that way... You're not giving the answer. If it's a correct answer, we know that nobody touching that board could have possibly known that. So it would have to mean we're actually talking to a third party. Mm-hmm. And I know there's people listening that might not believe it. To a person... It answered every single question correctly. Wow. And it was completely only things. And we had one of the guys, one of the most skeptical guys, and I don't remember the question he asked, but he literally asked the most mundane, stupid, minuscule, minute What thing. color shirt did I wear on the Tuesday that I went to? <laughs> yeah. It was like the dumbest, most inane. I, I, I'd have to get a thesaurus for more synonyms. <laughs> It was the dumbest thing that you'd ever think to ask a ghost. But it's like one of those things where he he literally, he was the only one that could have possibly known the answer to that question. What if I got in my pocket? And (laughs) (laughs) And the ghost still got it right, you know? And so then we had to assume, like we were left with, okay, if we're not moving this and creating the answers, and this is getting every answer right, we're talking to a ghost that's on our floor 
that's been doing these things. Yeah. And then we have to assume that every other answer it gives us, we, we kind of have to take it with some kind of level of validity. Um, so the ghost told us his name was John. And he told us that he had worked in lumber, went back when Williamsport was a lumber town. And he told us that it was like a payday. He had just gotten paid. He had been down in town spending his money, uh, having a nice little time. And he was walking on his way back to his lumber camp. And the plate, the area where he was walking, whether it was a trail or an actual established road or what, went through where East Hall eventually was built. And at that point, he was waylaid by two thieves who wanted to steal his week's his pay. Money. And he fought with them and they murdered him to get the money. And that's where he died. So he died there before that building was ever built, before the college was ever there or anything. And we went through a bunch of other questions. But one of the things that we did say was we said, well, you know, John, you know, because he, he actually apologized for the times that he scared us. You know, he said, like, especially Chris's experience. He actually spelled out, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, It's a nice chair, though. Just smoke. <laughs> and... We said, well, John, you know, you seem like an okay. I mean, I, I said you kept me from rolling out of bed. Uh, there were other guys who reported other small things. I had been in a room. This was after this now. I'd, I was in a room where the TV turned off and the clicker was right there on the table in front of everybody. It was never anything like super negative or whatever. We said, whatever sins you may have done or you think you may have done or whatever, you can just ask for forgiveness for those and like move on, you know, it'd be okay. And he spelled out, don't want to. And we said, well, why? And he said, having fun. We're in college, man. <laughs> yeah. And party every day. So apparently <laughs> from the conversation, he enjoyed being in this place where there were all these guys hanging around and he's just one of the dudes. Having, yeah, he wanted to be part of life and have, and you watch know. Watch football, smoke some cigarettes. Observe all these experiences. Get a little twitchy-twitchy and... <laughs> on the patooties over there. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so he said he wanted to stick around. And so then when stuff would happen, like when the t that TV shut off then, after we had had this weekend, we just said, hi, John. And we turned the TV back on and kept watching our shows and stuff. You know, we just told him one rule. Don't scare anybody. <laughs> it's okay if you want to do something to say hi, but don't scare anybody. But, yeah, it was nuts. We had one brother who said he kept hearing his name get called, and he thought it was his roommate uh, who was in the bunk above him. And the, the roommate kept just going, like, saying his name over and over and over again. And fi so and finally he... <laughs> He got he 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 he's what? going. He's what going do you want? Well, that's the thing. He's going like what 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 and nothing. And then the, his name again and again. And finally, he got up and he goes, he goes, what Dave? What Dave? What the f do you want? And Dave is asleep in the bunk above him. You know. And then Dave wakes up and goes, what are you yelling about? You know? <laughs> you know. And there would be these these you know just these little weird things. Um. But so that's you know that's my story of my haunted dorm you know someone would say that, that could have been a demon pretending to be a nice ghost just so it could hang out a little longer <laughs> but i digress 
So, so I guess to wrap up now, my experiences here. Yeah. So back to the Wellhouse exorcism because you lived here briefly before you and Jen bought your house down the road. Because I feel like the Haydens just own this town now. Like we're, <laughs> we're on slowly every, taking over. Here we are. We are on every major road. <laughs> um. So you were sleeping in the room. That is now Sophie's room. It was yeah. the room that PJ and I were in when that black figure, PJ saw that in the room. Where PJ, was that the same room where the bed shook too when you were little? No. No. Well, I mean, yeah, it shook there too, yeah. but mostly. Um, but that was the room that you saw that black figure. That's yeah. the room that Jack was staying in when he felt that ghostly presence watching him over his shoulder. Um, of course, it's the room where Sophie saw the thing stand like crouching on her woodsy table. Uh, so you were in the room where there's just a lot of activity that's happened. It's not the nursery, but that like there was the guest room. That's what we called it. So, paint us a picture with your words, Kyle. What happened here? So, so yeah, so it would have been, oh gosh, that would have been 2008, right? So, so we, we were yeah. still in college. I think we were living with Lauren at that point. Yeah, it would have been 2008 that I moved out here. I had reconnected with Jen and um, at Austin's prompting. And, <laughs> Thanks, Austin. <laughs> um, very, very quickly, uh, surprisingly quickly for both of us, we kind of like realized that, you know, we that there was something, you know, there relationship-wise that we wanted to be together. And I got tired of the distance, you know, having to go from Easton to here and, and back and it's forth. It's quite lengthy. Yeah, and I, I just... It's a I, bit of a drive. I couldn't take it anymore. So um, it was one of those things where I wanted to come, come out, and initially I was, like, I had full intention of, like, getting an apartment somewhere. I had money saved up for my job. I was going to, like, put in a down payment, get an apartment, look for another job, you know, start doing that. And then, um, you know, uh, Jenny was kind of the one who was like, well, why do that? You know, you could just, like, live here, you know. And so I moved in and initially started, like, sleeping on, like, a, a blow-up, you know, mattress and stuff. But, um, but I, you know, I had no uh, real... I hadn't had like a supernatural paranormal experience for quite a while. And no one had talked about it at this house at that point either. No, no, there was no inkling of that there was anything. I mean, I had heard about Lauren Ray's house and that was it. Yeah, we had kept, well, some people kept all the crazy stories a secret. Yeah, well, (laughs) I just thought I was kind of imagining most of it, yeah. Yeah. Apart from Megatron attacking, <clears throat> Megatron moving attacking. on, and I and I think I think like one of the things that I talked about with PJ before coming on the show was if like I get these feelings, these like you know static electricity like feelings and things, and if that is some kind of weird holdover from like you know some ability quote unquote that I had when I was a kid. Um, I hadn't had anything like that for a while. I tend to, and I never, I never had a weird feeling even being in Lauren Ray's house. I never had a weird feeling being here. Yeah, because you were out there the night that the cats got out. And yeah. you're like, why is the door open? <laughs> yeah, I never, I never had any weird uh, vibes um, from, from either house. Um, but I moved in here and I was here for a little while. And the first experience I had was uh strange i was uh actually jenny and i were in bed i was and and the first experience i 
I could write off skeptically as like, oh, maybe it was like a lucid dream type experience. But after the second experience, it puts a little context on it. So I'm, I'm coming, I was actually going to bed when that one happened. And I'm in that in-between time. I'm in that lucid, you're starting to move into that lucid period. And at one point, I open my eyes and I look over and I see Jenny, like the back of Jenny uh, at her uh, dresser, which had a big mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still up there, by the way. And it, it was across the room from the bed. The, be- the bed was like all the way in the other corner just about. And I see her standing there, standing at the dresser, like she's doing something. And I see her from the back, and then and the weird part was she was disrobed. She was nude. My my. And it as as I'm like looking at her, it starts to register like like she doesn't sleep in the nude. Like <laughs> why would she be and why would she be up like in the nude doing that? And so something all of a sudden like felt like it changed. And I said, uh, something in my head was like, something's wrong. And so I said, Jenny, is that you? And it was very, uh, like, out of movie, very dream logic. Uh, The figure very quickly turns and, like, slides across the room at me, right in my face, and it's a hag. And... uh, she just says one word. She goes, yes. <laughs> and I could be. And, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. and I close my eyes and I open them and she's gone and I'm sitting up and I'm like, <sighs> like <laughs> breathing. And I even woke Jenny up because then I realized Jenny's actually like laying next to me in the bed. And I'm like, what the, you know, mm-hmm. but it was like, okay, totally could have been. A nightmare, mm-hmm. you know, not sure. You one time I had one but, of those. I was like half awake, half asleep, yeah. and I thought a dragon was attacking us. Yeah. So the, it can be a dream. But it, it, <laughs> you could, you could, you know, it felt very weird. It felt very real. Um, it was, you know, pretty. Felt very solid. Again, the second time something happened puts context to that first one, because now I'm I'm laying on the air mattress and it's morning. I'm just beginning to wake up. Again, I'm in that liminal space. I'm in that in-between. But I'm waking up. I'm coming out. And I feel somebody crawl into the bed with me. And then I feel an arm go over and cradle me like somebody's spooning me. And I'm immediately thinking, oh, Jenny's coming. I slept in a little bit. Jenny's coming to wake me up, you know, let me know. You know, hey, sun's up, what, you know, you want yeah, some bad. breakfast, whatever. Yeah. And, but I, like, I, I just, my eyes are still closed, but I'm f- totally feeling this person behind me, arm over me. And then. Did it feel comforting and nice? Initially. Aww. But, <laughs> Until it didn't. Until it didn't. But it's as, it's as if some part of my radar went off and I, and just something was not quite right about the situation. Um, and I was in the room by myself. Um, and I just thought some, you know, I thought Jenny came in and crawled in bed and, you know, was cuddling me. 
but something went off and I said, and so I just said, and it still kept my eyes closed, but I said, Jenny, is that you? And I hear the voice in my ear and it's the same voice from the quote unquote dream experience, the dreamlike experience, same voice. And the voice says, it is if you want it to be. Meow. And that is, and, and now I'm up. Like I am but up. here's my question. I am out of the Did mattress. Did you get a little pinchy pinch in there too before? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Aww. No, every, every, every part of me was, ew. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting too is, you know, you have that story and we had not told Sophie any of the stories, you know, of what had happened in the house because we just want to keep that away from the kids, you know, until yeah. they're older and they can kind of digest it. But for her to see something that was very female, you know, crouching on her bed or on her woodsy table and, uh, you know, having that like, because back then Jen had longer black hair, you know, yeah. so, you know, for her to have that long hair and she never mentioned if this person was, you know, naked or not, because to her it was just this black figure that was crouching. But it's just interesting, interesting that to me that there is a female once again, you know, like in that room. Yeah, and I and I feel very much like I think for whatever reason, I'm I'm a new person, I'm a new thing, in the environment, and I do think that um, being that uh, y- you know at the time you know thirty something guy, I'm in love with a girl, and, and everything else. I I think it felt to me very much like. Uh, I, I didn't, my brain didn't immediately go like demonic or anything like that, but I did feel like it tried to get me where it thought I was weak. Mm-hmm. It was testing you. It was like in, in, like in, in a lustful, sexual type thing. Like it, it presented itself to me nude. It was very physical, you know, with mm-hmm. the climbing into bed and, and sort of making almost like an offer mm-hmm. of yeah. like, I could be whatever you want. Do you want to live delicious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I, I got that, that, and so that, that, like I said, that second one was very real, was very tactile, was very, and then that put into context that first one, it's almost, if I, if I wanted to go really deep and really like analyze it and wanted to go put, put on my more supernatural hat, I could say, I think that the first one was intentionally dreamlike. It was intended to be a primer mm-hmm. yeah. for the second contact, which was more real. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and make it, and I think it's also then to create a thing where I can write it off as, oh, it's just dream. It's just fantasy. It's just, you know just my brain at work, you know, do, presenting me with something. But the fact that they were so, it was the same voice. And to have that experience, and then, of course, then later to find out about, you know, all this other stuff going on, it, it puts it in, in a larger context. Yeah. Um, well, and even Father Zeta had said to us, you know, the a devil is going to appear to you in the way that it, that you want it to appear. And it's going to seem like it's helping you to ingratiate itself to you. So, and it's going to do playful things for you to recognize that there, so it gives it more power. Yeah. And so it's no surprise that we, you know, you see things in different lights, you know, like yeah. PJ saw like a black 
mass, you know, so if he sees a figure that's a female, I saw it for what it was down yeah. here in the basement, you know, I just, I think it, it, it shows itself to you in the way that it wants to. And when I was speaking a different language, you know, it was speaking, it must have been speaking French, you know, which makes you yeah. think it's maman in the house, you know, so again, he said that this, a demon is going to pretend to be something that's going to connect itself to your life to make it seem like it's allowed to be there. Yeah. And I, th- I think, uh, in a weird way, like I don't, I don't get like very like you know, oh, I'm paranormal warrior, yeah, <laughs> um, or anything like that. But I think it messed up. I think it, it didn't, it didn't know, it didn't know me, and it didn't know who I was, and it didn't know like the best way to hook you. Well, immediately I was like, oh, I know you. Like that was like the thought that came into my head. Like, oh, I know what you. Oh, I know what you are. Like, no. No, 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 no. Hard like, pass. Yeah, you, you, you screwed up. You just screwed up, and I think that was like part of then, like then all my sort of internal, mental, spiritual defenses went up. Well, and they're supposed to look for the weakest link, right? And so you were not that, you yeah. know. And at that time, Simon was living here too. He was still a baby, and Jack wasn't even born yet. So, you know, <clears throat> it could have turned to somebody else, or it could have gone dormant. Like, it went dormant here for a couple, you know, months at a time or mm-hmm. whatever. And then the weird thing is, then, the, what started the whole conversation uh, that I had with PJ prior to coming on was um, listening to the podcast then. Um I'm driving home from work. I was listen. I usually listen to podcasts when I'm on my way us home too. from yeah. work. I have a half hour drive. So you had us in your car talking. Aw. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. It was awe till something got in the car with me. And I'm driving. I'm in between the two hills coming home. And at some point after the first hill, um, and this was like just a little bit before Halloween. It was kind of oddly like a few days before uh, Halloween was coming. Um, and, and it's one of these things where I normally I normally don't talk about this stuff. I normally don't tell people about this stuff because I know it sounds kind of kooky because yeah. I don't even half believe some of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because I don't ever want to put myself out there as like, oh, I'm I'm ghosty guy. You know? <laughs> I'm ghosty He's guy Kyle Thatcher. He's just crazy John down the road. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I've had some experiences – Many of them back when I was a teenager or in college where I, you know, I've had that, that static electricity that won't go away and where I just, I like, I know like something is in my space right now and I'm driving home, I'm listening to the podcast, I'm listening to the stories about, you know, demons and this and that and something got into the car with me and my whole body, just every alarm bell lit up and to the point where, like, I had to keep my composure, like, it, it happened, and I'm, like, I'm sitting there, like, trying to process, like, because initially I thought, I have to kind of, like, wait, because at first, like, it feels like heebie-jeebies, you know, like, I like, is this just a passing thing, and when it doesn't go away, and there's, like, the feeling of a directional presence sitting in Shotgun. the car... No, it was in the back seat. It was back in the back seat, seat the back worst. seat passenger side, and like it just decided it was going to hop in. Getting a free ride, Kyle. That's all. And I <laughs> and I ghosts get tired too. Apparently, out loud, I I paused the podcast, and because I I have like a display on the car, and I paused the podcast on my display, 
And I said out loud in my car, you picked the wrong car. Get. Don't get. <laughs> Shoo. Shoo. Scram. And, and then I proceeded to like go through, like I said, some prayers. Um, and then I just, the biggest thing, the thing that I always kind of took away is like making it clear that there is no welcoming, there's no invitation, there's no anything. Like there's, like you are in the wrong place. You pick the wrong person. I am not your target because I choose not to be. And so I told, I was like, I was like, like I kind of pulled a little bit of like from my bag of like, um, uh, I'm a sci-fi fan, so like I pulled a little bit from my bag of Doctor Who. I was like, "You need to ask around. Look me up." <laughs> I was like, "Cause I've encountered things like you before." I said, "Because immediately I was like, if you were a relative or a friend, you would not have rolled up on me like this. You would have done this completely different." So I know you're not anybody that knows me. Whereas my relatives definitely would do that, <laughs> and so. It, it literally didn't, it finally did leave the car. I finally felt like the release of that feeling, that energy, like that. I think that. you're trying to say that our podcast is haunted, and I'm offended. <laughs> and <laughs> I finally felt it, like, w- once I got to am I? the mm. second hill coming in, then all of a sudden it was gone. And I felt, like, complete. Good, we don't need I that felt, in Melville. I felt <laughs> completely alone again, and... Um, but I, I mean, I, I've had that happen. There, there. It's happened once um, at our house. Our house is not haunted, by the way. Like no, <laughs> nothing. But I had that happen once in our house. I was getting ready to go to bed one night, and I'm turning off all the lights, and I'm just about to go up the stairs. Every, uh, Jenny and the boys are both in bed. They're all in bed, and I'm about to go up the stairs, and it was like all of a sudden, boom something's in the living room with me and I turned around and I looked right at it and I pointed at it and I said you need to get out go on get I was like you need to leave right now I said if if you think there's any chance that you're going to stick around here I said you're wrong I said this place is protected I said absolutely protected we already mentioned too that like this entire area was just uh, ha- uh just an area of slaughter yeah, like the mass Wyoming slaughter. valley massacre yeah. and you live right near the uh what was the hospital <clears throat> yeah you know, so yeah and then you know it's one of those things i'm i'm i i love the line um i'm not superstitious and the iola hotel yeah, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little, little stitious. <laughs> From the um, office, one of our faves. Yeah. And um, so, like, I, I kind of do go in for things. Like, I have, like, an iron horseshoe hanging above the back door. I have a hex sign hanging above the front door. You know, it's like I very much try to make the the spaces where I live. We just hang crucifixes in our house. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have holy water. Well, holy we water have, everywhere. Well, we, holy we, have, water. we have crucifixes up, too, but... But I try to make the spaces where I live like um, sort of like gotta get the Jesus in there. Po- positive, positive only, you know, like negative, negative yeah. energies are not, you know, allowed. You sound like in. a hippie. I, I kind of try to wall the place off as best I can. Hippie. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. 
But I, you know, it's one of those things, you know, I just, um, and it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't happen often. It's a weird feeling when you realize that something's there because like your skin lights up, you know, and. Well, I just, you know, every time I listen to one of our podcasts and I'm like, you know, when I'm editing, I always hear myself repeating what you said, like every, so many episodes ago, the idea that you're never truly alone. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, you want to encapsulate that feeling. We felt that for so many years in this house. And I got to say, now I don't feel that. Like, I could be home alone. And I'm just like, I'm going to take a nap now. Yeah. I don't feel like it's, it's, it's just a, a wooden box, you it's know, nice. like that's all we're in now. Nice wooden box. Yeah, yep. it's been painted. Yeah. And it was, it was one of those things where I, I never, I never gave much to that feeling, like, until those times, like, hanging around with, with Austin and things like that, because... I would have those sensations. It was sort of like that, the big event at the pool. I would have those sensations and then like many, many times, you know, they'd be confirmed, you know, because I would get that sensation. I would be like, I'd I'd be like, gosh, gosh, I feel like, I feel like there's something like over to my left. And, you know, Austin would say, yeah, yeah, I've been aware of that for about a minute. And, you know, and then he would go on to be able to, like, you know, tell me if it was female or male or things I like that. I don't want to look at it, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. And so it was like, so those feelings were, were confirmed. And like I said to PJ, I said for, for how much I tend to sort of, like, not really... I don't really delve into that. Like, I don't, I don't really go in for, you know, like, I don't, I don't walk around seeking out ghosts, I love ghost stories, but I don't walk around seeking yeah, them out. Yep. <laughs> and so for you don't want to bring it home. Yeah, and so so for something to have gotten into the car with me and have caused that bigger to reaction. To our listeners, this podcast is not haunted. All right, <laughs> <laughs> what Kyle picks up on his shoes is not our issue. You scrape that off before you get in the car. <laughs> but I, I was like. It, to me, it almost says like either like PJ was saying, like maybe listening to the stories and everything, maybe the it brought the walls down a little bit. Um, Again, it primes you. But but also in the same sense, I think for something to set me off that that heavily, it has to it has to be a little strong. Yeah. Well, and that's when you know? else too. Like um, when I had mentioned telling some of the ghost stories, the the exorcism specifically to some students um, at our CYE school, um, I had said like, "Would you like to help me, Father, with this?" Because I'd like them to understand that, like you know, being a re- being religious and being Catholic is a lifelong thing, and you should trust your gut, and that you know sometimes exorcisms are necessary because it's part of like a larger unit that I was doing about like seeing signs from God and whatnot. And he's like, I don't really would love to. He's like, I'd love to hear your stories. He's like, However, I don't like telling stories like that because um, it allows you to open up your mind to being around and you become like um, a beacon because now you believe. And then it makes you like a target for demons and ghosts and whatnot because they want to like, oh, if you believe, well, then hello, how are you doing? You know? Yeah, which is why Zach Baggins movie, which we're not like, yeah, it's okay. But Demon House, but it starts off by saying, like, if you watch this movie, yeah. you know, you're endangering yourself. You're not, you're not raggins on the baggins. <laughs> oh, I'm, <laughs> See, like, I the, don't, I don't. The no. first 
hour of that movie I thought was really spectacular. Like just the crazy things that happen to them as they're in the house. Well, and, and the then like the end. Up the, I have yeah. to say, like the whole like kids climbing up the walls, like Spider Man. Yeah. Like that's been confirmed and, like, by the... priests, and uh, that was seen by multiple people who say, "Yeah, that happened." Yeah, yeah and all the hospitalizations and everything from the film crew and like all that's cool. And then the end happens where like the camera happens to go out of focus just yeah. as something happened, you know, and. Th- and I call that. that too. Was, yeah, it, like it feels sweet. very much like he needed to make a climax for this movie in yeah. some way. But anyways, off topic a little bit. Yeah, it was, um, and, and just to put a, a, a button on um, the experiences, like like I said, like setting off your alarm bells and, and seeing things and experiencing things, like um, uh, just to give one more small example. Uh, so we were hanging out at a local park when I was a teenager, and... Uh, it's by a creek and Austin calls me over and he says, um, come over here a second. And I go over and he says, tell me, tell me what you, you feel right here. And water. <laughs> I just peed myself. And, <laughs> I win. Well, and, and cause, cause, cause he knew that I, that I could at least like feel stuff like, you know, that I could sense that something was around and I said um and as we're standing there I said it's like I feel this energy and it's coming from like left to right and then right to left I said it feels like there's somebody walking in between us as we're talking and he says yeah he's... or someone swaying because they've been hanged on the tree well now he says yeah he's pacing because he knows I saw him and Austin proceeds to describe to me how he went down to the creek to go to the bathroom. He was going to, he was going to pee in the Creek. I went down to the river to pee. No, but it works. <laughs> and he, he got down there and he looked down near the Creek, near where he was going to pee, like on a tree. And he saw a white silhouette of a figure like bent, kneeling over the Creek. Mining for gold. <laughs> Not sure what, <laughs> but he said it was like, they were like looking down into the water at something. And he said, as he looked at it, it's that idea that, like you were saying uh, about being a beacon. As he looked at it, it's as if the figure sensed that he was looking, that he He saw it. Mm -hmm. And he said he actually saw the head, the silhouette, this white silhouette, saw the head turn as if it was mm -mm. looking at him. And then it stood up, began walking towards him, and then faded out. And so as we're standing there, all I can say is I'm feeling this static electricity go from my left to my right and then a beat and then from my right back to my left. And he said, yeah, the guy's (laughs) – and Austin's telling me he's mad because he knows that we know he's here. But we ain't talking he, to him. And he, well, and he doesn't want us here. Oh. And he's like, he's pacing back and forth in between us right now. Get off my like, lane. Get off my to, property. Yep. Trying to like, but that's the idea is that like, and, and as we're standing there talking about it, I begin to get the sense of like more presence. And he goes, yeah, there, he's like, he's like, I didn't realize how many people were here. Hmm. Hmm. And he's like, they're, he's like, yeah, they're all like getting aware. He's like, we should probably just go. We should be here. (laughs) (laughs) 
And, yeah, you look at the time. But it's that idea that, that yeah, when, when you begin to... And I, I will say that even though I'm not a person who necessarily believes that just trying to communicate is necessarily always an invitation. But I will say that when people do that, they need to be super careful because whether you believe in it or not, if you don't believe in it, then I almost think that you need to be a little more careful. Well, my example is when you have red and blue paint and, you know, when you mix them together, you get purple. Whether you believe that or not, when you start mixing red and blue, it's going to make purple. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you may think that it's a lightish red or something, but it's purple. So you don't go mixing stuff that you don't understand because you're going to make purple. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a good metaphor, I think, for that. <laughs> it's a, it's, don't make purple. <laughs> it's, it's, sort of, it's sort of like when, when, you, when you start mucking around in that stuff, and if you, if you don't believe in it, it, it's one of those things where you may begin to experience negative things and you're just attributing them to your dumb luck or something else. And I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, every time it's a demon and they've attached to you, I'm not, you know, an alarmist. But it's like you have to, you have to take precautions in yourself. Like if you really don't believe in any of this stuff, then just don't do it. <laughs> Don't yeah. take it. Don't take part in it. Then, yeah. If you're gonna mess around with it, just have an open mind about it. Then, yeah. And because at be the very, respectful. At the very least, you you should at least know enough. If you're gonna go hunting ghosts or doing anything like that, you should know how to protect and defend yourself. Well, if you're gonna use, if yeah, bad things happen, if you're gonna use the the term hunting for ghosts, like if when you go hunting deer, you slap on some orange. You know, yeah. you're not gonna be stupid. You're gonna carry a gun. So go in prepared. Maybe you yeah. don't believe you're going to get a deer. You're still going to dress in orange because you don't want to not be wearing orange during hunting season, you know? Yeah, oh, those do, deer will get you. Do we have those enough, deer will get you. Do we have <laughs> enough time for one more? Uh, <clears throat> Let's do it, yeah. One more Ouija story? Okay. Yeah, one one last interesting one that I think that you guys might find, like, super interesting. See, so I find it interesting, but also, you're a naughty boy. I think we should title this podcast, <laughs> He's a Naughty Boy. Kyle the Naughty Boy. No, he's a naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, colon, Yeah, the, na the naughty list. Um <gasps> it's for timing for that. I was on the naughty list. I like it. Naming your own podcast. Jeez. All right. So this is a story. Um, you realize that we are going to call Kyle's on the naughty yeah. list, right? Like it's going to happen. But So uh, much later in life, um, post-college, um, I've been home for, I can't even remember. It, it had to have been, it had to have been 2007. Ish. Right before you moved up here, then. Yeah, yeah, it had. Yeah, it was only a little bit before uh, coming up here. So, kind of, kind of prefaced all this. Uh, my grandmother died on Valentine's Day. Of. I think it was two thousand seven. I think it was that year. Um. So then that summer. Um, hanging out with another friend of mine and we kind of had like a weekly hangout where um, we would go and maybe see a movie, get some lunch, whatever, like once a week we would hang out. And on this particular week, we didn't have enough money 
to really go see a movie. We we did get a bite a, a bite to eat or whatever, but we wanted to keep hanging out, but we're kind of bored. There wasn't a lot to do. It was just going to be like it was just going to end up the two of us sitting there staring at each other. <laughs> so we decided to go back. It got very very boring. So we decided to for whatever reason the subject of ghosty stuff came up, Ouija board stuff came up and um my friend was like, oh, God, Ouija board. I, you know, I used to have one of those back in the day, but I don't even have one of those anymore. I was like, oh, I still have well, mine. Oh, I have mine. I still have mine. <laughs> it's in my backpack. Now, they, <laughs> I always carry it. Now, they lived in an old, older house. And um, just they, were, they just kind of wondered, oh, not that they had any experiences, but... I just kind of wonder, could there be anything, whatever. It was very naive, very, you know, it wasn't supposed to be any major thing. So we stopped, got the Ouija board, went back to their house, and we sit down in one of the rooms of the house and start using the Ouija board. And we start having this conversation with, you know, quote-unquote spirit, but it was pretty ridiculous. Um they so were, it seemed fake. Yeah, I won't get into it, but they were, like, identifying themselves by, like, a famous name that I won't even, like, say. And George Washington? It, no, but it was historical yeah. of some, you know. It was stupid. It was so stupid. Up to a point. Up to a point, it was stupid. <laughs> and then we're getting ready to, like, give up because we're like, eh, this is kind of dumb. You know, we, we, we're starting to feel foolish. We're adults <laughs> playing with a Ouija board. And we're starting to feel foolish because this is stupid. We're, we're getting dumb answers and whatever. So I say, okay, well, I'm going to ask one more thing. And it's it, just ridiculous. Just from the top of my head, you know, it's like normally you don't want to get into too much personal stuff you know, when you're talking about that. Because, like, the idea is you don't want to take what it's saying as, like, telling your future or mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah. You know, that's where you get into, like, weird areas if you start really believing in it. And so I just asked the, the, the dumbest question possible. I was just like, is the next person that I get into a relationship with, is that going to be the person that I marry? And it goes to yes. And I said, oh, how do you know? And it spells out, letter for letter, a good source. And I said, oh, who's your source? I'm being Grandma. Like, I'm being sarcastic. I'm being really sarcastic. And it spells out, the first name it spells out, it spells out uh, Tony, T-O-N-I. Hmm. Now, I know a person, a girl, with the first name of Tony. So I'm like, isn't she alive? Or that's weird. Yeah. And so it spells out Tony, and then I'm like, Tony who? Thinking Hawk. possibly somehow it's going to spell out this <laughs> this girl. Yeah, somehow it's going to spell out this girl I know's like you know, last name. And it spells out Hopper, H O P P E R. Okay, Tony. Hopper. Name means nothing to me. Mm. I don't get it. I don't know it. I don't understand it. F- fast forward. Mm-hmm. I get into the relationship with Jen. She's the next person I have a relationship with. 
we decide we want to, you know, move in together. We fairly quickly decide that, you know, yes, we, we definitely want to get married. This is before Jack, you know, comes along, my son Jack. And, um, and at some point in this process, I find out, so I, Jenny's got uh, Simon from her previous marriage. I find out that she had had a child that she lost, and the child's name was Anthony. Was Anthony. Mm-hmm. And the last name was Hopper. So here, during this completely ridiculous Ouija board session, where we're getting meaningless information for the most part, the entire time, the one dumb, stupid, personal question that I asked right before we're about to give up, I get these answers that the next woman that I was in a relationship with was going to be the one I'd marry, that they got the information from a good source, and that source was, the source's name was Tony Hopper. The next woman I'm in a relationship with is Jenny. Her previous married name is Hopper, and I find out she had a baby that she lost, and his name was Anthony. Tony would have been for short, but they spelled it weird because Ouija boards spell things weird sometimes. And that's about as close to validation of something, whether you want to believe it's a ghost or just connecting with some psychic part of me, the world, whatever, collective consciousness, there's some validation that it's somehow me and this friend of mine tapped into something momentarily and got this answer that I didn't know was anything and didn't even know, like, after I heard about her first child... Still didn't register. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like after a little while went by, that experience popped back into my head. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And um, and that's part of why Jack's middle name is Anthony. Mm-hmm. That's pretty incredible. So That's crazy. Yeah. Could have been Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a <voice> of story. <laughs> Astral projecting from yes, California. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping for some sweet moves. <laughs> but that's my uh I've got other smaller stories, but those are those are my big ones. Well, thank you so much for being on here. We appreciate your stories and the for us the vindication that there was something in this house. Well, we were told there's something in the house. So regardless, there was something in the house. <laughs> also, I think very odd that it was a hag, which matches up with the experience from the Crone of the Catskills. And, yeah. And, and also the Dybbuk box. box. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I smelled cat in this house too, but I have cats. It's cat. so. Oh, I thought that was just me. Well, <laughs> well I mean, maybe... The cat pee tonight. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should get a shower. And I have a bottle of jasmine oil, so like that, you know, if I'm smelling jasmine, it's probably from that. But you know, we are we are ghost free, thank goodness. We should join yep. like uh, ghost free anonymous, like we've been feeling. That'd be that'd be in- an interesting group to 
to join with. GFA. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it needs to be GTFA. But like GTFO, you know, like it needs to explain. <laughs> I'll then, figure it out. Then you get the weird experiences of people walking in going, Ugh, I fell off the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I touched a Ouija board. I saw, I, I saw a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> we had a friend sighting. <laughs> we had a friend sighting. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to peel through this book here, and I might have you on in the future, sir, to do some more stories out of this novel. Sure. Um, now, the one that I – the one, the place that I've actually been to in there that I told PJ about that actually related to the Crone uh, story is in there. The story's in there, Hexenkopf. Okay. Cool. Misery Mountain. Yeah. Nice. All right. So, again, just shout out to Ghost Stories of the Lehigh Valley by Charles Adams III and David Siebold. Uh, fantastic book. And there's a whole bunch of these kind of like they've created about Pennsylvania lore. Um, look forward to a podcast with um, Owen on here. We talk about the Robert Dahl um, store, um, having Lauren Ray back on. Finally, after all this time, they're back from Florida. We're going to do the Annabelle doll. Just get a little, couple dolls in there for yep. fun. And then Jack will be returning to tell some haunted stories of his house. And um, we're going to hit up a local area. I mean, literally local <laughs> to us. Um, so we'll have some more stuff coming to you through the new year, actually, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So I have all my I have my stories lined up. Don't need none of them cryptids. Get that on out of here. <laughs> none of that trash. <laughs> Even though I have a great story, my dad actually saw one. Nope. Get that trash <laughs> out of here. Without further ado, thank you and have a lovely night. Thanks for coming on, Kyle. Yep. Th- thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's time to mute his mic now. <laughs> <laughs> so please hit us up on gamesoverboard.com with the contact button or go to our email, gamesoboard at gmail.com. Uh, like us on Facebook and check out our other podcast, Games Overboard, where we review board games and talk about all the cool stories they tell. And also Danger and Dice, where we get into all kinds of crazy mischief. I suggest starting with The Princess and the Dragon, <laughs> parts and one and two. We need an animator to <laughs> oh animate it. It's the most ridiculous thing. Absolutely. Have a lovely evening.